Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the SBC podcast. But the purpose of every podcast is to make you money. And each podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose and a specific outcome. You know what the purpose is. So the outcomes have been 65% in year one, 64% in year two, 59.7% in year three, all the sides and all the totals right so 100 percent is impossible so 52.5 percent is break even so the higher you get about 52.5 percent the more profit you make and the purpose anything that's business has to be scalable has to be repeatable right so to that end we've made over a hundred thousand dollars in profit each year that's why we call this podcast the Hawthorne Effect. Because the Hawthorne Effect is that, that whatever you track and you measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. All right? So in addition to that, in addition to going through the process of tracking and processing things, what it does, it reveals several things, right? Uh it checks your thinking. You separate fact from fiction. Is your thinking creating free cash flow? Are you creating margins? Uh, what were you thinking before the event happened? And what really happened? How can you fix your thinking? Right? So you are constantly uh, approaching things in the correct manner. You are being honest with yourself. Okay? In addition to that, I call this the Rene Descartes podcast as well. Uh, Rene Descartes said that uh, a life unexamined is not worth living. Uh, I think before I am, right? So we are supposed to be father knows best, mother knows best. When you're a successful person, you're supposed to have all the answers. You're the boss. And if you're wrong... Uh, you feel the shame, you feel the humiliation, you feel disgusted with yourself. So most people, what they do is they avoid the pain, but this is dangerous because perception is 50-50, all right? That's why you have meetings. Uh, that's why in these podcasts, the sports betting podcast, NFL betting, and we'll get to college basketball, we use business and financial concepts in order to make decisions. We use decision science, we use fundamental analysis, uh, we use different tools in the finance world to be able to get the right answers and get that profit above 52.5%. So who am I? Why the hell should you listen to anything I have to say? I have an MBA, securities licenses, clients, net worth, $50 million and above for years. And they keep coming back because I'm giving him uh, the correct business approach to, for them to be able uh, to solve problems in their lives and the business lives, right? So, uh, in this podcast, as we go on today, we'll look at also biases, right? In sports betting, one of the ones biases that loses you the most money is recency bias. And uh, my, my 
wife is a psychotherapist. And I learned a lot from her the last 18 years as she comes home, goes through her day. And unconscious bias is something that she talks about a lot. We have all these biases going on that affect our thinking that makes us lose money. So the ones we're going to talk about in this podcast and in the sports betting podcast as we move forward are biases that lose you money. Unconscious biases. You have to track your behavior, right, to improve your behavior, to improve your thinking. And people link it to race, right? But we all have unconscious biases that are tied to our survival. Uh, There's all kinds of different biases. But the three main ones are unconscious bias that you have to look at. Usually it's race. You only hire uh, a certain person because they're like you uh, or, or because... Uh, somebody's agent, you think they're good in math, so all the math people you hire are agents. And you're not doing consciously, you're doing it up subconsciously. So you have to track it, right, to see how your thinking is. Another bias is confirmation bias. You believe something, so then you frame what you see according to what you believe, which is, again, high-risk, dangerous. Some people live their whole lives thinking that way and get away with it. Some people can't, right? So you got to make the decision for yourself with a confirmation bias is something you're into. In our polarized society, uh, the Republicans view the world in a certain way, and then they frame their thinking to that. The Democrats, the liberals, they look at the world a certain way and frame their perception to fit that worldview, right? A guy like me is in the middle. I can see both sides. And I try to be pragmatic and focus on the facts. In sports betting, you have to focus on the facts because everybody can have their own opinion, but not everybody can have their own facts. Okay. Now, as being on the board of the Orange County Diversity Council, I understand that diverse companies make 46% more free cash flow than normal companies, companies without diversity, okay? So people get diversity wrong. They think it's race. They think it's gender. They think it's disability. They're wrong. There's more to it than that. Uh, So one financial concept we have on the podcast is... We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Because what you'll, you'll notice in this recession, the companies that are do, going to do well are the ones with high margins. And the companies who are diversified enough have a diversified portfolio to be able to get 46% free cash flow. So Scott gives us, uh, Scott and I give age diversity and he gives diversity because he is from, you get on this podcast, I've noticed it this year, uh, a little bit more than last year, despite the regional diversity, getting information from the Northeast, also fantasy football diversity, right? He's more in tune with the players and what's going on with the players. And then Chad, Chad's, playing he knows it's almost like a new language right these young kids out there chad is young so 
So he's out there with a new language, talking to people, going out to clubs, has a new young girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. He's out there. He gives us that diversity while Scott and I are at home. <laughs> he's out there getting information for us, and he's playing the players. He knows the players. He can speak the young players' language. I can only tell him about people that played 30 years ago. <laughs> Scott can tell, Chad can tell him about people that are playing now, right? So we got a lot of diversity. Why? Because the person with the most information wins. And that's why we were 20 and 12, 62.5%. 52.5% is break even, a nice 10% margin. And in addition to that, in, in addition to the fact that we're consistent, we're transparent, right? And we can scale it. What we want to scale it to is 70 to 80%. And then stay consistent there. But you can still live in Vegas at 59%, right? Mm -hmm. That's 59% is what Dave Tepper got. He's the owner of Carolina. That was his percentage of stocks. I can't be that. I got to be 99% or 100 or else they put me in jail. But he got away with 59%. He had a $25 billion uh, hedge fund. So 62.5% is 3% what they call so-called sharps. So we are uh, three percentage points that last week above that, but we want to go higher. What are your first thoughts on the hot turn check, uh, Scott? It's great to be here as usual. This, this is a this is a great podcast for us to go over uh, the previous week. I believe this is the start of something that's going to be really good for us. Oh, I mean, get, getting into the 60% um, bracket and breaking over that is going to lead us in, into more and more um, success and 70 percent right around the corner I think so absolutely we felt it at the beginning of the year and uh, going back through the podcast because I want to get be thorough I'll make sure this week we're thorough on everything that we got out there so we're very clear in our communication what the strategy is but something that's going to help us a lot now that I know Scott well going to help us enormously is the fact that Scott in on the Hawthorne effect last week, last year until week seven. So now we got Scott from the beginning <laughs> to take us even higher. <laughs> so you guys have felt it individually before, you know, and we started the right way. Slow and steady wins the race. Chad, what are your first thoughts? Yeah, man, this is the uh, this is my, my this is my favorite podcast. I think this is for people learning and trying to understand sports betting and, and you know hearing us go through um, our picks and, and and check our thinking is just you know this is kind of where you make the adjustments uh, you know for for going into next week you know and, and, and understanding what teams you know what you were thinking what's right about it and, and what we're what we're missing and what's wrong and where are we missing out on money and you know this is where we maximize our earnings we maximize our profit is, is on this podcast so love it happy to be here uh ready to get going and get the juices flowing for this this next week of games all right big time so uh we'll go through all of them some of them quickly because we got them right whatever again whatever you track and measure you improve its performance 10 to 20 percent so 62.5%, 10 to 20% is 72 
82. And we're doing 80%, 90% week to balance out. Because, uh, again, probability theory, 20% is a luck factor, 20%. Sometimes we've had 40% luck factor. So to balance it out, we would nice to get a 90% week <laughs> to balance those things out. So uh, Thursday night, Bengals, we got it perfect. We had the Bengals covering minus three under 49 and that game was going under the whole time we did well second game we nailed was london game uh the saints in london uh covered the 3.5 and it was over 43 points the saints got in on tuesday and teams that have done that on long trips this year has helped vanderbilt the best game vanderbilt played was they got a week early to hawaii that's the best game they played all year. You get to a new environment early and you make everybody confident, right? You feel like you have an edge because you've been there early. And Dalton, right? Dalton is a quintessential guy who's good enough to lose, but always covers. <laughs> always covers the spread with a bad team, Dalton. And with no players, really, except Chris Olave. Chris Olave took it as an opportunity for himself yep. to kind of show out in this situation. Um the next game was Atlanta. In this game, I don't feel too bad about, right? Uh, this game consensus, we got Atlanta, uh, the money line, and we got Atlanta plus three. So that's two there. Let me try to count it, right? And you guys can see if I counted right. Is that, I think that was two. I might have counted it as one. So our percentage might even be better uh, because we got the money line. We got plus three at that point. For whatever reason, the Cleveland Clowns were favorites. They were the wrong favorites. I thought this game was going over, probably should have gone over. Uh, it's just, uh, again, analytics. I'm going against analytics teams until there's a situation where I might think otherwise. So otherwise, I'm at 70% going against them. I went against them this time in cash. We went over consensus uh, 49, and I went over. I thought this game should have gone over because Atlanta's defense is so bad. But it, it was a battle, right? Which is worse, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Or the Atlanta defense. <laughs> and I guess Jacoby Brissett won out. So the answer was Jacoby Brissett is going to be so bad, right, that they're, they're not going to be able to cover. And then Atlanta doesn't need to counter with a lead. They can just run clock and, and end the game. What do you guys think? So, so I'm looking at the box score now as, as we were talking. Atlanta's not scoring touchdowns in the red zone. They're settling for field goals. I mean – one, two, three, three field goals in the red zone that they, they got. Right. So to me, that, that's bad luck because if they put one of those three in the end zone, we go over. That's all, it's all, that's all they need. It's all they need. One, one touchdown instead of a field goal, we go over. Right. Plus, Patterson got injured. Mariota didn't throw the ball. You know, Brissett against Mariota as quarterbacks is, is a tough, tough thing to do. But Atlanta's team was scoring a lot of points, so I thought they were gonna go. This was gonna go over. I thought they would hit thirty, and they didn't. But I think it's bad luck because of the the zero for three, three field goals instead of instead of one touchdown. So, yeah. Well, uh, Scott, how many? How many? How many points were scored in that fourth quarter, Scott? Uh, seven, fourteen, twenty. It was 20 13, 13 to ten at the end of the third. And then yeah, yeah, 
Cleveland was ahead, and then Atlanta scored a touchdown. Cleveland scored a touchdown, and then Atlanta yeah. kicked two field goals. So yeah, I mean that, that towards the end of there, they had those two the two field goals late, right? Yep. Yeah, that and yeah that that one. Uh, God, it's like I'm fifty fifty here with luck and bad pick. It's like you know the Browns defense is you know they 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 did enough here. You know they did they they did look you know decent. I mean I definitely like the Browns defense better than their offense. You know the Browns are running the shit out of the ball with Nick Chubb. Um, you know, so th- that that kind of leans them as maybe a slight under team. But here, I mean, yeah, I, I actually wrote this game off as a win when I saw Atlanta driving inside and I got off of it. It was went at another game and I came back and saw the final and I'm like, what the heck happened? I had to go back and look yeah. um, at the two field goals because I thought I, I counted it as a win too early. You know, it's, you can never do that. No. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, I, I, when they were driving late, I thought for sure this one was going to get over. Um, you know, it was kind of started off low, but in that second half, you know, that's kind of how these overs get. They get crazy in that, you know, second half, fourth quarter. And this one was getting crazy, just like you expected for that late over. Um, so, you know, it's it's 50-50 here. I think you really, Browns, you really got to look at the matchup, um, you know, because they, you know, Brissett is bad. They are, they're, they are running the ball. Um, their defense can, can get get a little stiff at times. They, they came up with those big stops there to get force those field goals late in that game. So um, I think I just need to kind of reevaluate the Browns here a little bit. But, you know, definitely luck factor involved in this one. Could could She could have got it, just didn't come through for us. So. Yep. Yeah, and well, Gary gets, gets in that accident. So they're going to be thin on that defensive line. And then Atlanta hammer it in. They can hammer it in anytime they want. They can go RPO with Mariota and drag the tight end. Who's ever open or Mariota running sit in? But again, uh, and I go on my rant on the next game. But the manipulation of the coaches so out of control. Uh, they want to be three and three after game six and really not show anything except for games. And then the we'll get to the Chiefs game, but. Andy Reid went on a rant and, and went crazy on a game. It's outside his division on the road, right? Uh, and it's just pure power graph because he is the vice president, general manager, head coach, office coordinator, and quarterbacks coach, play caller. You saw him um, tell Ben Elmy to shut up and to not talk to Mahomes. He's the one who talks to Mahomes. So that's that's your offensive quarterback coach that ended the Benelli argument whether he was a real coordinator or not. You know that ended that argument real quick. Uh, Atlanta held back in the red zone. They did not. They felt rightly in this situation that uh, they could beat Cleveland without showing what they really do in the red zone. Which they'll show the Bucks, right? They'll show the Bucks what they really do in in the red zone. Next game, huge manipulation game right here. Ravens, three and a half, we covered. Over 51. This game did not go over because both coaches and the Reed guys, again, very manipulative. Did not show what they fully can do on offense. We know the Ravens can do a lot more on offense. They didn't do it against the Bills. As a result, Marcus Peters challenged Harbaugh to a fight because he said, hey, this is not all the stuff we see in practice. Right. And, you know, they should have held the hand look behind closed doors and Harbaugh said, hey, listen, what you see in practice and what we can do, we're going to save it for Joe Burrow. We're going to save it for the Steelers, our rivals, not against the Bills. We'll see the Bills in the playoffs. 
That's when we'll show ourselves. They didn't, right? Uh, both coaches didn't. McDermott, of course, never does. He's he's going to wait till much later till he sees Bill Belichick. And even the first time they played Bill Belichick last year, they held back both teams, and then go after each other until the second time they played. So a lot of manipulation with the coaches. Fine, I'm a business concierge. Business consultants don't know what they're doing, so I don't call myself that. I have an MBA. Fine. I'll, I'll figure out, right, your strategy. <laughs> if, in which games you are going to go all out in, which games you're not, and monetize it the way I've been doing in the last 14, 15 years. Uh, so I think it was bad pick on my part because I mean, I know Harbaugh, how manipulative he is. Uh, and I knew that he was going to help back to do over i just i did not act upon it so to know and not to do is not to know so i need to really know that these guys are this extreme and this much of control freaks what do you guys think ravens i'll say it's bad bad luck with these two caveats the weather was terrible it was right pouring rain right. it was wind it was not a a good throwing day right. number right. one Number two, who could have foreseen Josh Allen have his, having as poor a day as he did? He did not do anything in the first half at all in this game. Whereas Miami shredded that defense. The Patriots beat up that defense. Right. You would have thought Buffalo was walking in and was going to put 30 up. And they didn't because Josh Allen just struggled. I don't know if his his hand supposedly he's got bruise on his hand. I don't know if that's hurting him or not. But um, well, the other thing, did, and the Ravens' defense showed up and played, and that that's a that's a sign, a good sign to them. So, and they and Baltimore has Cincinnati this Sunday night coming up, so they may have been looking a little bit at this game uh, coming up. So, no, it, it, I got a message from a guy that knows football. Uh, you know. We consult uh, on bets all week. <clears throat> he was like, it was brutal in Miami. Yeah. It was so hot and it was a brutal game. So it didn't seem like all of Buffalo was there. Right. So another thing we could have. Right. 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 Bad pick. Bad yeah, pick. Uh, Got the side. We didn't get the over. We thought it was going to go over. It didn't. Yeah. So. I mean, the weather definitely played a factor here. I mean, that kind of environment, I, you know, leans a game to an under. It's probably going to change the score by, you know, five to ten points. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have that factor, definitely a luck factor there. But, you know, I think Josh's point early on it, it is, you know, this is an out-of-division uh, out game. And bo both these teams just were, were saving stuff for later in the year. Um, and, and also, I, I do think, you know, Buffalo is a little bit banged up, you know. Yeah. Uh, Crowder, Crowder's out for the year. Um, they got some guys on the defense banged up. Right. That was a tough game down in Miami. Um, you know, so I think, you know, those things, uh, you know, they had to use Khalil Shakir a little bit, the rookie out of Boise State. You know, he's he actually is a kid that we grew up with Chance. Chance played with him in seven-on-seven seven growing up. Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, my dad coached him, and you when he was in, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, Khalil, the the rookie receiver out of Boise. So he's a, you know, my, my family knows knows them well, and um, you know, he he's he has he's gonna have some big shoes to fill. He's gonna have to get going because he's the guy that's got to really fill in those, those Crowder shoes. Right. So um, you know, he's definitely capable. 
So looking at how they kind of adjust offensively to that injury, get get, get Khalil going in that offense and get him working in. Uh, but, yeah, those kind of things, the weather, kind of testing out new things offensively, Josh Allen's hand, and the Ravens stepping it up defensively, man. All those things led this one to, to, to staying under, so. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Big, that's what we're talking about, man. Inside, you can't get anywhere else. This is great di- differentiation. Chad knows these guys. Uh, one game we nailed was Dallas under Washington. That was an automatic under four. You know, just Washington so inept. And, and, you know, the owner's probably going to jail. They're getting rid of his franchise. The refs gave no calls that game. It was, it was comical. Easy game to pick. A game that we have made easy through the success of the podcast to making pe- relevant people money. <laughs> they understand the business and financial concepts. I will read a comment a little bit somebody gave us on YouTube uh, that I really appreciated. Uh, so by by Ray E. Rob, this game and the fact that they were on uh, hard knocks and then measuring the team, we got a lot of information. This this pick was easy. Seattle plus four, over forty eight. Every Detroit game is going over. Uh, Adrian Rob said that. Ben Johnson is a genius. Remember, Adrian Robb is the number one agent for Formula One drivers. Adrian Robb is the number one agent for MLS soccer players. They got that big contract with Apple. So we got that big contract with Apple because now Adrian Robb has more time to feed us Detroit Lions information. (laughs) Between, I won't say where people are, but between the rich city, between rich cities and Californias and between his houses, He's given us fantastic information that we monetize. Seattle plus four, over 48. Remember, Detroit's a loser team. You can't, come on. Detroit at minus four, they're a loser team. You cannot give them points. Case in point last week. Uh, Hawkinson, we'll get into that tomorrow with them, what they can do. But Hawkinson uh, and all them, it doesn't matter if a Mountain Brown is there or not. Uh, ben Johnson's a genius. Goff has to prove himself. He's comfortable in this offense. Seattle's defense is bad. They're rebuilding. So that spells over. But Pete Carroll did a good job being old and just knowing what works and doesn't work, doing his own Hawthorne effect. And now, you know, he plans a season way out in the summer. The plan worked in this situation. Uh, one game we got wrong. Uh, I'll ask the guys whether it's bad luck or bad pick. I think it's a little of both. Uh, was the Chargers all in, right? They got blown out last year. They were all in this game against Houston. Uh, and this is one of two-part series for me. I overestimated the early season depth of the Houston defense. They're already breaking down. They've already been on the field too long, even though they're good. They've been on the field too long. They got mad, shut the Chargers down in the second half. Uh, and could have covered, probably should have covered. And then the over-under was 45. That was me. I'll say bad pick on my part. I overestimated the Houston depth on defense in week four. You know, usually it's a, to week six, right? So you stay in the, live in the past. You live in the past. You die in the past. In the past, 
a good defense with good frontline starters could at least last six games. Not anymore. In week four, Houston and the Steelers, both defenses broke down and couldn't stop the run when they have great uh, Super Bowl winning run defense coaches and defense coordinators. But they didn't have enough depth to keep it going. Uh, what do you guys think about our Houston? It's a, little, it's a little of both. A little of both. Um, we said it last week, and I'll, I'll repeat it. Davis Mills has regressed as a quarterback. He's right. not the same guy he was in spurt in, in a lot of spurts last year. So the Chargers just went into the game, and Houston's run defense is not very good, and you can exploit it. And the Chargers did. And Austin Eckler had a, had a really good game, his, pro, his best game of the year by far. I think he scored three touchdowns, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so when, you, when you're looking at Houston from a betting perspective, your first idea is – Who's the running back on the other side of the ball? And can they? And are they good? Right. I.e. Jonathan Taylor against them. I.e. Austin Eckler. Um, I don't know who they're playing this week. I haven't started my research. I'll start it tonight. Right. Um, so when you're looking at the opponent against Houston, you look at the running game. And if it's good, Derrick Henry will be another guy that can exploit that. So um, – and that leads to a lot of points being scored because Houston just gives it up. And if the quarterback is, is decent to, re, to good, they're going to score some points in the air too. So Houston's not going to score as many points. They need to play a team like a Chicago. Right. That their offense is not good for them to have a chance to A, win, and B, cover the spread. So I, I think it was a little of both on my part as well in terms of picking this game, so. You got to confront, yeah. you confront yourself, feel the pain, feel the humiliation, feel yeah. the pain. Feel it. You got to feel it so you don't do it again. Go ahead. Yeah. Steve. I think, um, you know, definitely here the side, I think it's a little more luck. You know, Houston had chances to cover that game, man. They were coming back. They were in there late. Um, defense couldn't get a late stop. Yep. They couldn't get stops. They needed them all day. So, yeah, I mean, Houston's breaking down. Josh made a great point, right? The last year, the Chargers got smacked uh, at Houston. So, they targeted this game. Um, so, that, I mean, when, that, when you look at the total, that's a terrible pick. That This game was – because L.A. targeted this game, this game was going over the whole time. Um, Scott on the podcast last week mentioned how Austin Eckler was nowhere to be found. This was a total return to the mean game for Austin Eckler. Um, he had no touchdowns last week, no yards, did nothing against Jacksonville at, at home. Um, you know, so, you know, that return to the mean game for Austin Eckler, he was going to bounce back. You know, they targeted this game specifically. Um, and, yeah, man, Houston's defense is is breaking down. Also, um, this game was going over, like we said, because the Chargers targeted, but also Houston was 3-0 and to the under coming into this game. Recency bias got the best of me once again. You know, you want to stick with that trend, man. They've been an under team. They've been playing really good. That defense has looked good. But it was time to go the other way here. This game was going over. So the over to me, the total, terrible pick. Um, the side, a little bit of luck factor there. I think the Texans could have covered that game. Got them at seven and a half. You know, I know they needed us, them to lose by seven. So Right. Um, they were in it. They were in it. Uh, they beat them in the second half, 17-7. 
we got a Josh special next week anyway, too. Houston's at Jacksonville. So right. Who's your special? Yes, sir. Uh, and in the beginning of this podcast, uh, you know, uh, I talked about the different types of biases. Uh, so refer to that because you really, and this takes work, right? Uh, learning what your biases are, right? And learning how to mitigate them. And, you know, again, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, you have unconscious bias, you have recency bias, you have racial bias. And what people don't get, and because, you know, we're taught well and, you know, political correctness, is that these are survival mechanisms. You need these biases to survive. That's how they came about. It's a survival skill. So what you got to do, again, it's complicated as an adult, is you got to mitigate them and use the right situation where your biases are good and your biases are bad, right? Uh, and some biases are innocuous, right? Like what sandwich you are. You know, that's innocuous bias. But then there's some bias that are discriminatory, right? And then in this case, with Chad saying, this is a bias that's costing you money. <laughs> so you want to get rid of that bias that's taking money out of your pocket, which is recency bias. And these biases are used against us. The, again, we're competing against the casino, the sports book, against other betters, right? So yeah. the bookmaker is going to use recency bias and your impulsivity against you in game betting. Right, got to know the difference between a second half line and an in-game line. In-game lines are usually very impulsive. Second half line is something you can plan out before the game even starts. Right, so very very important to uh, spend time on your biases. Uh, Indianapolis had lost two times the previous year to Tennessee. Obviously, Tennessee Bravo. Right, he has tattooed on himself. He has right in his office, beat Indianapolis. He feels he beats Indianapolis every single time in the division. He's going to be at least in the playoffs, and so far he's been right. He's been in the playoffs every year. He doesn't care about the first games of, of the season. Uh, these running plays to Derrick Henry, we did not see him until this game. Classic hiding plays for a certain game. Colts first two weeks of the season. That's not that's not the uh, I mean the Titans. That's not the Titans. Bravo, uh, a disciple of Belichick, won three Super Bowls with Belichick as a linebackers guy, and then as a head coach, has gotten Tennessee in the playoffs every year, and three in a row against Frank Wright, which is not easy to do. Indianapolis. I think they both feel if they beat each other, they win that division. Uh, and Bravo won this one. At home, uh, we picked the Colts on the money line, and that was a bad pick on my part. Well, it was, I picked the Titans. Oh, uh, Chad got it right. Chad, Chad got, it, got it right. Yep. This is for plus, plus four. Scott and I. <laughs> Chad got it right. The Titans <laughs> right. Scott and I see the young guy. That's why you need diversity. The young guy got it right. The old guys got it wrong. Uh, Chad, you picked the over two or you had the under? Yeah, no, no, I was on the over with you guys. We were all on the over, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were on the over, and for all intents and purposes, that game probably should have gone over. But two stubborn, smart coaches making millions of dollars. Why am I arguing with them? Uh, in an intellectual battle between Frank Wright 
and Brable, I picked right and I was wrong. I should have picked Brable. He won this, he won the intellectual football uh battle this time, not by a lot, but by enough. Derrick Henry, the new plays they had for him worked. And I'm still undecided if the over was bad luck or bad pick. I'll let you guys tell me. What do you guys think? We'll go uh, Scott and Chad. So the over was a bad pick because we knew what the, you knew what the game plan was. Two elite running backs. You knew they're going to run the ball a lot, and Tennessee off did obviously because Derrick Henry had a huge game. Um, Indianapolis, I don't know what's going on with them. I hate where they are right now as a team. I just hate where they are. Um, you know, even some of their players are starting to say in the press, we start over every year because we got a new quarterback. So it was Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. So I think there's some dissension in the locker room right now. I, I think they're a cheap team with a drug addict cheap team. Yep. Cheap team. So, so obviously I think Matt Ryan's going to be there next year too, but I don't think Matt Ryan's a good quarterback right now. So I don't know if I can even lay any money on the Colts unless they're playing, you know, even they lost to Jacksonville, they got shut out. So I don't know where you're going to put the money on the Colts. Um, Tennessee is starting to get back to the Mike Vrabel type of team that he wants. And that's running the ball, playing tough defense. And that's a team you can bet on if that's the case with yeah. the unders, if that's, if that's the case. So um, the over was a bad pick. The side, I would say it was bad luck to begin with. And now as I think about it, as we talk about it, I think it was a bad pick. It was a bad I pick. really do. I, I just think that the Tennessee underestimation on my part will not happen again. I think Tennessee is now exactly where they want to be. And I think they're going to win that division, to be honest with you. I think Tennessee is going to win that division. Yeah, they beat the Colts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, I think Chad had it spot on with, with the side on this one. So, What do you think, Chad? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I feel like we we all said it in the damn show that we're gonna see a bunch of running, right. we, you know, and we just thought, you know, we they you know they'd be running a little more, a little more loose. What was the um, low total two forty two? Yeah, no, it was a low total. Yeah, um, exactly. And you thought this one? I mean, I really thought this one was going over early. I mean, it it had that that look to it, but it just um, you know, it just didn't. But you know, it's a tough tough division tough division game. Um, you know, Vrabel's a defensive-minded guy. You know, two teams that are, are running the ball. Um, just it, that, you know, those division games, those those tough games. You got to, you got to. I mean, kind of similar to a game last night, the Rams 49ers. You know, tough right. division games where these teams want to run the ball. Um, you know, they're just going to tend to go go under 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 late. You know, the scoring's going to slow down in the fourth quarter. Then that's not going to speed up. No, and the game is this right. Uh, Derek Henry, twenty-two rushes, one hundred fourteen yards. 5.2 yards a carry. Yeah. Along with 19. Uh, Taylor was 20 attempts for 40, 42 yards, 2.1 yards a carry. So they kept That's the difference. That's the difference right. right there. That is that is certainly the difference. And then Tannehill did not throw interceptions, and Matt Ryan threw one. So when you're playing that type of game, you can't have any turnovers at all. No, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan completely looks like a statue in the pocket right now. He he just he's no mobility. 
He's not. Uh, he just had he had a horrible game, but he really and he threw for over three hundred yards. Right. But I I just think that Matt Ryan is not the quarterback he was since, as you said before, Josh, the Super Bowl. Right. I think that really rocked him, and he's regressed ever since that Super Bowl. I think so. And something I'm noticing as far as, far as depth between the chief teams, the stubborn coaches, uh, the Colts had, and Chad can talk about this because, you know, I mean, Chad and I talked to it before, you know, where were you a starter, Chad, and also playing special teams? Say that again? Was I? Yeah. 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 I've, yeah. I always played special teams. <laughs> right. And then, well, had, I, I'll, I'll take this back, like, like in college, but like, he was running to the goal line, wearing you down. He's like, you got to run to the goal line on every on every kickoff, right? Yeah. The Colts no, had – listen to this, right? Because we'll make money on this later on in the season. The Colts had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys who either started or contributed, played special teams. The Titans had zero. None of the people who had – uh, time on the field or started play special teams for the Titans. Yeah, a big thing. It's a big thing. Oh, 11. I mean, though, you you on one special teams play, you probably run as much as you do on like three or four regular play snaps. Agreed. Easily. Right. I mean, it, yeah, and the injury risk on a special teams play is so much higher than a regular play because of the the long run and the higher impact. You know, the higher impacts of hits. Yep. There's more. There's just more force going into it when you're, you know, running full speed versus, you know, if I get a five, if, if we're 10 yards apart or if we're 40 yards apart, it's just the farther apart we are, the bigger that collision is going to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The wear and tear. So you just hit somebody full head or you got hit. You're, you're a little dizzy. Now you're going back out there on the field. Uh, in one game, exactly. season, you're not going to make a big deal. But in a 16, 17 game season, as a yeah, season man. Well, you t- I mean, especially too, just taking. I mean, I remember, I'm I'm returning a kickoff, and we're playing the number one team in the nation, Northwest Missouri State. Right. They're like the Alabama of D two. They win it every year. Um, and man, I freaking cut back into a dude on a kickoff. I got my bail rocked. I mean, I got knocked out. <laughs> now it's like, I need a player two so I can go out on offense. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was funny too because I'm 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 running I'm running to the I'm running to the sidelines after the hit, and the white hat the ref points to my coach and he goes, "Hey, you need to check eight number eight. Check him." <laughs> my helmet was turned to the side. But but that's the thing is you guys are talking about Colts are cheap, Vikings are cheap, you know. All these teams are cheap, and when they're cheap, they don't perform to their maximum in games because they're worried about how much am I paying these guys. Right. I need to I need to put dollars in my pocket, Urse saying, instead of paying these guys. And that and that, it it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Right. And when things are equal, right? Situational, that creates an edge for us. Maybe they're they're a game that should blow somebody out. Yeah. Right? They end up not covering in a game that's an even game. They end up losing like they did uh, in a close game, right? And you can see that. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. I agree. I agree. Another game we nailed. 
was the Giants and the Bears. That's trying funny. What an awful game. Under. Right? It was an awful game. And of course, you're not going to put minus three the Giants because they were in trouble at certain times. But they're going to win the game. Uh, the rest were on their side. Big, you know, two big markets. Uh, Got to make those season ticket fans in New York happy. Give them a win. Uh, this game, a lot of things were going on in this game. Jacksonville at Philadelphia. Uh, Peterson revenge for he hates Howie Roseman. Uh, embarrassing situation there. Uh, the Eagles were getting an inflated, I thought, seven points. Uh, I think the bad pick on my part was the under 47. This is a, a game that you live in the past, you die in the past. Again, this is a different week four. Usually this would happen around week seven where defenses would break down this much. Uh, the Jags plus 7.5, I don't really begrudge. I begrudge. I, the over-under, I messed up. This, this game was going over the whole time. Peterson's an offensive guy. He hates Howie Roseman. He's going to figure out how to score one way or another. <laughs> whether it's a block punt, whether it's whatever, he's going to figure out how to get points. Uh, and scare Howie Roseman up there in the in the press box. Uh, so this was going over the whole time. What do you guys think? So <clears throat> this game, as we talk about Baltimore Buffalo with the rain and the wind, the rain was heavier in this game because I, I put this game on a couple of times. Right, the rain was heavier in this game, and the wind was a little bit more. Uh, fierce in this game the only reason this game went over is Jacksonville got off to a 14 nothing lead had they not this game was going way way under right because both teams were running the ball a ton you know a lot more than than they Jacksonville especially um you know Philadelphia runs the ball that's the mo but I think it was the only thing I'm going to say is Jacksonville scored 14 in the first quarter. Philly came back with 20 in the second quarter. Right. Had those things had not happened, we're hitting the under. The under, it's, it's going to be under 47. So I think that if Jacksonville could have stopped the run with Philadelphia, because they ran the ball a lot. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, Hurts threw the ball 25 times. But he ran it 15 times. Yeah, yeah, he, he ran it a lot. Miles Sanders ran it 27 times. times in the game. Right. So, and which he hasn't done since he came into the NFL, basically. So, Philly's game plan was to run the ball completely and take time off the clock. Because Jacksonville got off to that big start, Philly had to abandon that a little bit in the second quarter, and they did. So I, I think it was bad luck because I, I think with the rain pouring down and the wind a little bit more fierce than you than the Buffalo game, I, that led me to pick the under. And it led, you know, you're picking the under in that type of game. Look at San Francisco, Chicago. It was a monsoon. It was pouring rain and wind. And that game went way under. So that's what I, number one, basing it on number two, I knew Philly would run the ball a lot. I just knew they were going to run the ball a lot. That Jacksonville's offense, passing offense, is dynamic enough now where teams are going to say we need to keep them off the field. 
because their passing game is dynamic. Well, well, Jamal this- Agnew had two touchdowns. That that to me that's bad luck because there's no way he catches two touchdowns. Right. If, you know. So. This is the thing that I missed. Right. Then now I got and I now I think you know I got the statistics. Analytics doesn't work. Key statistics do work. Yes. Uh, if you live in the past, you die in the past. In the past, uh, a team like Jacksonville that's trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah. Very good defensive team. Yep. The, their defense would have showed up the second week in a row. Mm-hmm. However, looking at my same statistics, Howie Roseman develops teams. Yes. Develops guys that just play special teams, right? As a guy who played 100% of special team snaps, was not a regular guy. Again, a cheap team like Jacksonville had two defensive tackles, a linebacker, and a strong safety. And the strong safety played 79% of the snaps on defense. The defensive tackle, which you're supposed to rotate, the linebacker, which you're supposed to rotate, played 60% of the snaps. Also paid 100% of the special team snaps. No wonder the defense swore down and didn't play the way they normally do. Yeah. Tackles on the field the whole game, including special teams. And you want to go inside it even more. Philadelphia ran the ball, threw the ball 16 times, and ran the ball 50 times. They, they so, saw the statistic. They, they yeah. Said, you know, they said, that's the same guy, defensive tackle, who's playing 50% of the snaps. Now I see him on the on the kickoff team. Now I see yeah. him on the punt. Yeah. yeah. That's sustainable, Chad. You played, right? What do you think about that? Jacksonville. He's ordering. He, Chad said Taco Bell. Where are you at? <laughs> McDonald's? What's place called? Spitfire. 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 It's like a, they got like breakfast. So, so to, to me, Josh, it, it's just a simple fact that Philadelphia played to the weather. Right. They played to the weather. They run the ball a lot. But they right, Josh, to what, the what were you asking me? So no. I was I was listening to what you guys are saying. What was the lot? What was the question at the end? The question at the end, because you've played, right? So 75% of those guys playing all those defensive snaps. Right. So you got five guys who played defensive snaps and who are also on special teams. Four of them are on defense, right? Uh defensive tackle, two defensive tackles, a linebacker, a cornerback actually came out there. Uh, in a free safety, the free safety and the two tackles, free safety played 90% of the snaps on defense and uh, 70% of the snaps. On special. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a long season. The other, the other guys, do it. yeah, it's a long I season. Mean, too. It's a pitch count thing, man. It's a pitch count, you know, it's yeah. guys. I mean, it, yeah, some guys pitch counts are longer. Some guys pitch counts are shorter, but man, everybody's got a pitch count and you keep running your guys into the ground and playing special teams and making them play every snap. You know, I think, you know, you see the teams that wrote, you know, rotate the D line, you know, that got, you know, three different groups in and all that keeping those guys fresh, you know, um, you know, you, the more you can do that, man, the more you can have your guys fresh and not tired. I mean, you just, you know, you got tired guys out there. You're at a disadvantage. And uh, cheap, but we're talking about football shape. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, 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 this game overall, though, I mean, I think like Scott was saying, 14 to zero Jacksonville start. That Philly's three games they've played this year, they've been playing from way ahead every game. So first yeah. time we've seen them get down. So 
um, you know, if, if they do get in shootouts or games where they're down, you know, they're going to have to change that one to, to the, you know, run the ball as much. And uh, they're capable, you know, they're capable of scoring and coming back and when they have to open it up. And, uh, you know, I think. Um, yeah, how many Cl- times did he run it, Scott? 50 times Philly ran yeah. it. Times. Yeah. 50, 50 times. Yeah. So, you know, when, when Philly plays from ahead, they're going to go under. When they're playing from way behind or in a close game, I think that's going to lead to them going over. Yep. And then to Jacksonville, right? Uh, 26 attempts, 134 for Miles Jackson. One long of 35. I can almost guarantee you that when he got that 35-yard run, those two defensive tackles who had been playing special teams all day were in there when he got that, right? They were just pushed out of the way, got him a big hole. And into that secondary. And even the strong safety, who's supposed to be the last line of defense, if he's been playing all game, at the end, I, I can almost not blame him for a missed tackle there. And, and and the other thing is, I'm I'm looking at Jacksonville stuff. They only ran 42 plays in the entire game. Right. 42 plays is unheard of. It's unheard of. And right. you scored 21 points on 42 plays. Like I said, their offense is dynamic. Their offense is really dynamic right now. They really can do a lot of offense. So. Yeah, big time, big time. So yeah. the under 47 was a bad pick. Yeah. Even no matter how good that Jacksonville defense is. Uh, as the season goes along, their their offense is going to have to stay on the field long to protect them. Absolutely, no question, no question. Uh, this pick, next pick, Steelers Jets was bad on my part. Uh, I don't mind the side because Pittsburgh should have won that game. Uh, obviously, that's the end of the career for Mr. Vinsky. I don't even know how you got in there, but it's the end of his career. Yeah, uh, it's going to be there now. He's not even doing anything. All he's doing is running. Uh, Tomlin's not going to let him throw it. Uh, this is not the 2021-2020 uh, Tomlin-Flores defense. This 2022 Steeler defense is not that good. They're protecting by running him and keeping him in good situation and giving him short fields with a good punter. And they protect the defense well, but everybody's ran on them this year, right? Uh, the Patriots ran on them. Uh, you know, I, I, every time I've seen them play, uh, they've been ran on. The Bengals ran on, especially in the second half. Uh, and on offense, they don't have anything. They don't have a game breaker on offense. They don't have a real offense, really. Uh, they've been having problems with their offensive line. So, man. Talk about your record being what you should be. Other than Tomlin targeting the first game of the season every year, studying all summer about it and coming up with a game plan, the Steelers should be one and three. Yep. And the Jets ran on them in the second half. So I overestimated uh, the Steelers' run defense. I thought the run defense was going to be a lot better than what it happened. So that it could easily be 0 and 4. Yeah. yeah, they could be. They they actually probably should be. Cincinnati handed them that game. Right, right. What do you so, got? I think it's bad luck because Pickett threw three interceptions. One was tipped. One went through the receiver's hands. And the third one was on him. I, their offensive line's bad. Right. Najee Harris is not running the ball because of that. And now you got a rookie quarterback in, in there. Granted, he gave him some energy. Game some life, yes, but I, I they're going to Buffalo next week, or they're playing Buffalo next week. I, 
Buffalo is going to be mad to play them because oh, yeah. of the performance they just had. So plus what happened opening game last year exactly. where they lost to them. So I just think Pittsburgh's a bad team right now. And Deontay Johnson did not get targeted hardly at all after Pickett came in the game. So their offense is in serious trouble right now because they're not, their playmakers are not performing. IE one, because Harris can't perform because of the offensive line. And two, now Deontay's not getting targeted by Pickett. He's going to the, the rookie. So they have to reassess a lot. Mitchell Trubisky was not the answer at quarterback, obviously. Right. They could be they could be one of the worst offenses in the NFL right now because of a rookie quarterback starting and he's streamlining down to the rookie receiver and the tight end and they're not running the ball. So I think this was bad luck because of the interceptions. I think Pittsburgh would have definitely won this game without throwing those interceptions. Um well, the total was 42. They, it would have went under the total because the Jets would not have scored 24. The Jets would have ended up with about 13, maybe. So it would have ended up 20 to 13 without those turnovers, which would have been cl- way under 42. So. Yeah, but this is too, right? Uh, it's obvious that the Jets have no confidence in their offensive line. They do not. They, they do not. They One inch line, and they tried two trick plays in a row. Yes. The double reverse pass to Wilson and working. They're not even trying to win it in. I, I will I will go so far as to say they do not have com- the utmost confidence in Zach Wilson as a quarterback. No. No, and that and that showed a lot in the game because they're resorting to trick plays, which means you have no confidence yeah, in what exactly. you can do. So he was 18 for 36 for 252 yards. And average average pass was four yards. Yeah, he. It's just bad luck. It's just bad luck. It, it was just bad luck. Without those turnovers, we we win both sides, Pittsburgh and the under. So, yeah, those turn the turnovers killed us in this one, man. They gave the Jets the short field, uh, made it. They, I mean, easy, easy for them. But you know, I think Tomlin screwed this team here. He started the year with Trubisky, and he was very stubborn and hard headed about it. He didn't like the yeah. questions about reevaluating. Every time in the media, he got a question. Uh, yeah, we're just going to look, you know, right now he's our guy. You know, He was being very prideful, like, no, I can do this with my defense. I can do this with Trubisky. Kind of, you know, like, I don't know what it is with, like, Sam and Belichick. You know, they don't – they want to go Hoyer instead of Zappi. You know, they just have this, like – they don't want to go with the young guy that has the higher ceiling because they're worried about the early mistakes, the rookie mistakes. Right. Um, and they want to go safe with the, with the vet guy. But now here you are in week four, and now you're making the switch to pick it. So your receivers, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, you got all these stud guys that aren't getting targets, aren't getting the ball. And now they had to deal with Trubisky for three weeks trying to build with him. Now they're having to go through growing pains with a rookie, which he should have started with week one, two, and three. This should be his fourth game. Now you got him in this first game. So now you got these receivers already frustrated having to deal with more growing pains from another quarterback. So now you got to get to another three games into the season to get to where where he would be now if he would have started with them. You know, guys need experience. They need snaps, you know, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, the levels, the speed is different. Quarter, they, quarterbacks need snaps early on. That You know, like very rarely do you see guys come in and instantly, you know, there's, there's a, there is a, a, a progression, you know, for these quarterbacks. And uh, 
yeah, I think Tomlin shot himself in the foot here, and I think the team is going to be in turmoil and start to fall apart because I think these receivers, these playmakers, you know, the prima donna type guys that want the ball, they want touchdowns, they want stats, you know, they're, you know, they, they are, they're frustrated and they don't have the, the tolerance now to deal with this growing pains with Pickett like they would have if he was to start, had started the season off. So, yeah, they're, they're in a free fall. I mean, they, they are, I mean, they are going to be probably the worst team in that division. And, um, you know, I mean, shout out the Jets, man, 2-0 and against the AFC North, you know. Whoever, who would have predicted that? Yeah, because that's so, the AFC North. <laughs> yeah, so right? piggybacking on what Chad just said, right, be, Tom being hot-headed, it, yeah. here's their next five games. Buffalo, Tampa, Miami, at Miami, at Philadelphia, and New Orleans. And you're asking a rookie quarterback to go in and win those Two out of those five games or whatever. It's not gonna happen. It might Tomlin's be just, I don't know how much absolutely how much they put up with his stuff, his black power stuff. Maybe he wants to get himself fired so he can go to a historically black college and go there and coach. But he's been too out of control with that stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you ask Andy Reid that question? He's only one one Super Bowl. Why don't you ask yeah. uh you you Payton. basically set that team back for two years now, is yeah. what you you what you've done. So he, he himself is protecting the defense. I'm noticing it. The Jets had six guys with 100% snaps. Uh, the Steelers only had two. Yep. And most of their guys on defense were 50% of the snaps. So he's trying to keep his defense fresh, but they're still way on the field too long. Yep. And uh, they're getting gashed anyways. Yep. Yeah, he can't, he, he can't do that. Uh, and like, I... I would not be chalking to Steelers or what? Uh, one in eight. And yeah, he, it's possible. Uh, and then the, the game after that is Cincinnati, so they're gonna be one. In, they could be one and nine, maybe two and nine, two and eight. But look out one of those games. Who knows? The other yeah. team give it to them. Yeah, Steelers are in big trouble. Yes, hey guys, I gotta, I gotta hop off. I gotta get going. All right, man. Okay. Pleasure though. I'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, Chad. All right. All right. Later. Later. Uh, Arizona over 42 we pushed so we basically got that one right we got two of that because we got one with plus two Arizona money line Arizona that's two over 42 uh, should have gone over we pushed Yep. New England we talked about that so you got New England we were the only podcast I think you could hear it anywhere where we were unanimous pick all the way. Yep. Uh, plus a 10 and a half. He's a great defensive coach. He's a great coach, period. That's why he's one of the Super Bowls. Even though he has too many jobs. He's giving himself too many jobs. Hey, I'm going to do everything. Right? It's so bad. It's so he bad. At a janitor to that. Because I was reading a story where the, the guy in front of the offices wasn't power washing in front, good enough for Belichick. And Belichick came out of there with a hose and some soap taking up the job. So talking to the freaking janitor over there at the complex. Right? Kraft is like, uh, why don't you get somebody else to come out here, Bill, and fit it out or tell them to come back out? It's also the janitor there. Uh, I don't know. Under normal circumstances, this would have gone under, but Ben Zapp got in there. He was good. Yeah. The only way they could thought was to score more points against uh, uh, 
against Aaron Rodgers in a window. What do you think? Bad pick or bad luck, uh, Scott? It's bad luck because if Hoyer, if Hoyer was in there, yeah. I think the defensive game plan would have been totally different from Belichick. And I, and I think that it would have went under because the Patriots would have ran the ball a lot more right. than they did. I think when, as me and Chad said pregame, I think pre-show, I think me and our thinking, right. when Zappy came in the game, Belichick just said, let's just let it fly. Right. Let it fly. This guy has, been, has thrown the ball a ton in college. Yeah. Let's let him throw the ball a little bit more than we're used to. And, and I think um, it worked. I think it worked. I, they could have won that game outright. Uh, against Green Bay. Green Bay. I listened to the Green Bay at the end of the game. I listened to the post game Green Bay um, radio team. That's and they true. said there was no easy play for the Green Bay Packers in that game. And I believe it. Belichick just said, we're going to, we're going to be tough. We're going to be physical. We're going to make them earn everything they get. And Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback, he is knew what to do in certain situations. And that's why Green Bay won the game. And and I think that's why the spread, the points went over because it was just, uh, we're going to throw everything away. It's an NFC, AFC game. It doesn't, you know, it, it counts, but it doesn't count. Let's just let it fly and see what happens. Right. And I, I think that if Zappi's a starting quarterback this week at home against Detroit, you probably got to look seriously at the over. In this game, because both teams may score. So tomorrow, that game's going over. Yep, yep. So I think that was the mindset of Belichick in that game, and he said it to Patricia and he said it to Joe Judge. Let's just let it fly. Just call, just call the place that it, you know, passing place, and that's why. So it was bad luck because if Hoya doesn't get concussed, right. they run the ball a lot. The defense right. is a different setup, and they go under. Right. And that's the reason why, in my mind. So bad, bad luck. You guys, yeah, you guys got me on that one. That one, I agree with you guys on that. Yeah. Uh, there's no way to predict that. Uh, not a chance. Not a chance. But Detroit, the Pats over. As we learn, <laughs> and we use the information, we learn and convert it into money. All right. So. The last one we got wrong. And I kind of like this one because you can't divide by zero. But you can divide by one. We got the second half Tampa Bay line. All of, we were all over that. Yep. In uh, this one, again, you get 20% luck factor. This one we didn't pick on. The, we usually pick every single game on the podcast Wednesday. Even if we're saying, okay, look for 30 minutes before. Uh this is what we're thinking now. We might bet it now because we don't know what's going to happen in the next four days. Right. Uh, there was a hurricane barreling in on Tampa Bay. It switched on the last minute when down south. Yes. Sort of for Myers. We had Tampa Bay minus two. Oh, did we say under 45 or over 45? Sad. Over 44. I think we went over. I think all of us went over. So if, if we all went over, we actually got one right and marked it wrong. Yep. So we got two out of three of that. So our record's a lot better now. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me let me count this here. And you can double check me. It's uh, Jason. Well, it, was tw- it was 20 and 12. So 
add two to that. It was 22 and 12, I think. 22 and 12. 22 and 12, which brought, would bring us close to the 64%, I think, in that in that range. So again, like like you said before, you know, at the top of the show, we're we're barreling, we're getting clo- we're getting closer here. So seventy percent. Yeah, yeah. Unheard of. People say, oh, seventy percent is impossible. Let me just buy one. Where 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 where's the proof, right? Seventy. Go go back and listen to the NFL playoffs. The whole thing. <laughs> that that'll give you. That'll tell you. <laughs> exactly. So, so. Yeah. So let's see. Twenty-two. Divided into 34 is 64.7. So 65%. Yeah. That's what we call it. Uh, Jason's calling it 64.7. We <laughs> guys with the 59.7, which costs 60, but you know. Still, 59% is what you could live in Vegas, just betting sports at 59%. We're higher because we want, because we can. Because we understand probability theory, and we and we have a good process, we got a good system. Yep, it's the Hawthorne effect. That's Definitely what do. got Chad like it so much because that's the one. This one literally makes you the most money out of yep. the whole process. Yep. So sixty-four percent is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. First two years on the podcast and the fifty-nine, but then the playoffs mitigated that. So the only thing we got wrong was Tampa Bay minus two. And I'm going to call it a bad pick because I know Andy Reid has a memory like an elephant. He remembers the Super Bowl. And he didn't care about the Colts last week. What made it strange was, you know, the performance against the Colts. You're like, oh, he's going to hold back for division games and home games. There's a road game outside of the conference let alone the division. We're going to see more of the same. It'll be a close game. Tampa wins it in the end. No, wrong. The answer is Andy Reid has been boiling over this for two years. And then when Zach Barrett said that they were going to gel against the Chiefs offensive line, which again, remember, Andy Reid is the general manager, uh, president, head of scouting, head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach for the Chiefs. So he's saying that the guys that he picked in free agency and paid money for that he was going to get over on him this week. He took it personally. Basically, the Chiefs scored every single time they had the ball. He yes. had the right play for every single defense. Uh, Todd Bowles, who he trained, had. Right? Todd Bowles is a Andy Reid guy. And he just shredded that Tampa Bay defense. Who had all their players, had all their good players there. Chuck Barrett, Levante David, uh, Vita, they, they were all there. And they mm-hmm. all got shredded like they'd never been shredded before. And they had been a lights out defense. Still, they only won by uh, 10 points. And that was a costly turnover by Mahomes. The only one he made. All the other times they scored, and uh, they scored in the red zone. They didn't score field goals like he usually settles for. This side yeah. red zone plays. Usually those red zone plays are division games. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, it was a bad pick because of the two years ago factor. Um, 
Plus, I don't think Kansas City for two games in a row was going to play a lackluster game like they did against the Colts. So for that bad pick, I will say this. Tampa showed when they have all their weapons in a game, they are much, much better on offense. They look much, much better. There was no Mike Evans last week. There was no Chris Godwin. There was no Julio Jones. They were all back, and it showed. So Tampa has a renewed renewed um, thought process with me as long as those weapons are all there, Fournette, Godwin, Evans, Julio. Um, Kansas City was just ran up and down the field. You know, Tampa's defense, everybody's bragging about Tampa's defense, how good it is. As soon as everybody starts bragging about that, you go the other way. They're going to have a flopper game, and they certainly did. And Mahomes is probably a top two quarterback in the NFL, and he showed why Sunday night. He got everybody involved. He um, hit all his weapons. The running game was good. Everything was good. Mahomes had that team laser focus dialed in and was basically the Andy Reid extension on the field. So that was a bad pick. I think when Kansas City plays like that, you cannot bet against them. So, yeah. And the other thing, too, uh, Mahomes suffered that injury against Cleveland where he lost consciousness. Yep. Take him a while to get back. Now he's back. Yeah. And I saw plays in there. Uh, that uses baseball skills because he's a shortstop where he goes one way and throws the other way, like doing a double play or getting a, uh, a ball deep in the hole because his dad was a major league baseball player. So he practiced stuff where he gets the, the, the play deep in the hole and then he guns it to first base. They have plays like that where he's running to his left, but even though he's a right-handed guy, he yeah. was able to, in a planned way, successfully throw across his body. And I've only seen those game, those plays in big games, big games like that. Uh, and then another thing I saw, let me know your thoughts on this, Scott. Sure. He's wearing the same number. It seems like Pacheco is literally, even with a play calling, uh, replacing uh, Tyreek. Yep. He's as fast as Tyreek. I, I, I think – my pers- my <clears throat> my personal opinion, you're gonna see him play more and more because the chief because Andy Reid loves him, right. staff loves him. So I I personally think that you're gonna see a little bit less of Edward Hilaire and a little bit more Pacheco because Pacheco's speed gives them another dimension. Remember McKinnon last year was not heard of from, and then all of a sudden in the playoffs he was heard from. I think that's what's gonna happen with Pacheco. I think he's just saving him for the right time to bring them out for the playoff run and into the playoffs. And that's why Andy Reid is offensively is miles ahead of a lot of these other coaches because he knows what he has and he waits and he waits. And the other thing with Mahomes is this is the, basically the FU tour for him. You guys think we're not going to be as good. You watch, we're going to be better than we were with Tyreek. And I think that's what he's doing. He's using that to chip on the shoulder. So. It's something Detroit's doing. The only other team I've seen doing, and we'll close with this, uh, that they're doing is they're running the air raid. Which yeah. You saw one play they showed where uh, you could totally tell that Kelsey and Mahomes read the defense independent of each other, even though that that's the other thing, too. The Tampa Bay defense really isn't that hard to read. It's zone blitz, right? So you right. don't know coming, 
on the blitz, but it's going to be zone. They both knew it was zone. And right away, it, they were on the homes right away, but it was almost like a three-step drop, got rid of the ball, yep. and Kelsey turned around in the right spot because yep. he read the coverage and ran the same route without communicating with Mahomes. That's the way they could do it so fast. To be able to integrate the tight ends in an air raid, and then when you get in between the 20s, that tight end can put his hand in the dirt and either block yep. or go out on a pattern, or you can have three tight ends, and you don't know which tight end is going to put his hand in the dirt and block, and which tight end is going to go out on a pattern, a pass pattern. And man, Hawkinson had a huge day. Yep. Kelsey had a huge day as well. Yep. And the other thing is, you notice Kansas City's offense inside the five right. sh- sh- uh, shovel pass to Kelsey. That's a lot of what they do. Right. So, um, yeah. Kelsey's going to block on that goal line scene, which he does, or he's going to go out on a shovel pass. That, that's why in my, my other realm, when they were saying, oh, Kelsey's not the number one tight end anymore. Yes, he is. Yes, he is because of the quarterback. He is because his quarterback looks for him. His quarterback trusts him completely. Well, so, well, there's the thing, right? Air raid. Yeah, Kelsey absolutely. Not talking to Mahomes when he reads the defense. Yep. He reads the defense and Mahomes reads it. And then, so Mahomes really can't go to get anybody else. Right. He doesn't trust. Let's say uh, that's why a Schuster, right? Even though he's a veteran um, receiver. Yeah. Right? Yep. New with them, he can't, especially in the fourth quarter, especially in crucial situations, he can't trust a Schuster. Exactly. Read the defense the way he, he's going to read it. He knows Kelsey well. And that's the thing with Robinson in LA. He's a veteran guy. That's why they got him. So he can independently read the defenses by himself without communicating with Stafford. Yep. Stafford yep. reads the same thing. Now he's done that with Cup. So in a crucial situation, he's not going to go to Robinson because Robinson's new. He doesn't know if he's reading the same thing he's looking at. That's why Gronk is good with Brady. Yep. Yeah, and the, and the last point I'll make with Kansas City is this. He, Jody Fortson catches a touchdown. Noah Gray is catching touchdowns. Uh, why, why are these guys catching touchdowns? Because they've been with Mahomes before. He knows, as you said, he trusts them. That's why these guys are, are as effective as they are. He gets them in the right position, and he knows them. Right. Or as you said, Juju, Valdez, Scantling, um, those guys weren't with him. So he has, you know, Valdez Scantling's been invisible almost all year, but that's why, because they haven't been with him. So, man, big time. All right. We give you more information really that you can, you know, process, uh, listen to the podcast, listen to it again. And like Scott says, listen to this one and then listen to the one tomorrow. Yep. And then uh, if you're going to use our picks, use each pick individually. Mm-hmm. equal amounts and in the end uh, you'll come out for profit if you're making your own picks don't parlay uh, yeah don't philosophy. have a philosophy for your picks and track them the way we're tracking ours and then give us feedback on what you know yeah you know because uh, it's collaborative like Andrew Rob gives us feedback yep all together make money because it's enough money for everyone and like, uh, we don't charge any money. We don't ask for your credit card. We don't want your email. 
All right, unless you want to, you know, want us to give you some information. Uh, yeah, we do have shirts for sale for chance to go to chance. Starting quarterback at uh, Oregon State. And you can tip us out if you're like uh, the $200,000 people have reported maybe making with our picks. You are free to tip us. You can go to the website and tip us. The money will be distributed equally. So, Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why I wear good shoes and I roll my butt and I get a limousine.